Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and this is the Talking Grammar Podcast, episode 34 now. I had a conversation with my old college buddy, Brandon Mason, the former Aggie player, of course, and former Lobo assistant coach, as well as about 10, 20 other stops around New Mexico for for what is basically the Mr. Basketball in New Mexico. He's he's played for the Thunderbirds, where he played for Michael Cooper. He, he was an assistant coach at New Mexico Highlands. He coached the AAU team, the the Danny Granger D1 Ambassadors, where he coached Bryce Alford and, and Cullen Neal. Um, that's how he kind of got his foot in the door to be the video coordinator um, for Steve Alford's UNM Lobos and then Craig Neal's UNM Lobos back in 2000. 12 and 13 with Alford and and 13 and 14 with Neil. So he's he's been around the state obviously quite a bit and uh, resigned from the UNM program back in in August. He he recruited a bunch of these guys here. So I, I kind of wanted to to touch base with him um, while while he and I talk still regularly and stuff like that. I, I kind of wanted to bring to the readers and to the listeners of this podcast sort of an update on what he's been up to because he's not leaving the state. He's he's a New Mexico guy, and he he has a lot of a lot of plans for New Mexico basketball. He's not leaving the game of basketball. He's not leaving the state of New Mexico. And among the things he's doing and working on now is kind of at the youth level. The the he recruited at the high school and grassroots level for for several years now, and he's kind of bringing his knowledge of that into what his next venture is. And while he can't get too specific about some things, he has some irons in the fire on a couple things. He he can say he's he's working with youth basketball around the state and he's he's really high on the high school recruits coming out of the state. I know that's a big conversation in New Mexico every year. Is people want to know how many D one prospects are there in the state of New Mexico. And while D one certainly not the only way to go, he he really thinks that in the coming years, especially in the next two years, but really in the next three or four years, those recruiting classes are aren't going to just have a few Division one kind of prospects. They're going to have several um, five, six, seven kind of division one prospects at a, at a fairly high level that this state just doesn't normally see. And he, what he wants to do, what his next step is in in his basketball career is uh, he kind of wants to help, I guess, if you will, the, the high school recruits around the state of New Mexico to get that opportunity to play in college. And he's a guy that certainly has a lot of experience at the college level with knowing how to navigate the recruiting world and, he, he hopes to bring that to to the high school and just to the youth basketball players um, and participants around the state of New Mexico. So talked with him about that. I also talked with him a little bit about the TBT alumni team, the Lobo alumni team that he's putting together for the basketball tournament, the, the $2 million winner-take-all TBT that includes you know several former Lobos. He's, he's hoping that Michael Cooper um, can can be a part of it if, if – contracts work out and stuff like that and he can be the coach he that's the plan is to get Michael Cooper the former Lobo to be the coach of this Lobo alumni team it has players like Darrington Hobson interested and and Alex Kirk and Drew Gordon Anthony Mathis all these guys Anthony Mathis by the way as I as I'm recording this intro right now on a Monday evening he actually today was drafted into the G League so he he may not be available the G League contract may prohibit prohibit him from playing in TBT, but right now the the roster looks like about 15, 16 deep, and they're only going to be allowed to play 11 guys anyway. So a couple of those situations where pro contracts might not let the guys play or maybe a couple injuries happen, they're, they're ready for that. But also, and, and Brandon talks about this in this podcast, 
he he mentions that these guys have to make the team. There's going to be, you know, this summer there's going to be a two week training camp, and it's not just a bunch of guys getting together to to have a few drinks and reminisce about old times. Like there there will be a training camp. You will have a process where you have to make this team, and they're excited about it. A lot of group chats, and uh, there are some non lobos on the on the team. Scott Bamforth is one of the guys that he's had in my mind uh, a very really unheralded we should probably be reporting on it more at places like the journal and local local media because he has become a very good high level overseas basketball player and the former Del Norte High and uh, Weber State grad is a is a guy that I, I think's had one of the more successful basketball seasons for anybody from Albuquerque and um, not seasons careers rather for for anyone out of uh, Albuquerque and and I think he probably doesn't get enough attention for that so he's a guy that's going to play although he wasn't a Lobo Wendell McInnes at this point is still um, signed on to play for this Lobo alumni team even though he was a New Mexico State Aggie so it's going to be interesting I'm looking forward to covering them um, this summer obviously the, the hope is that restrictions won't be in place that would prohibit them from even practicing as is the case right now for the Aggies and Lobo basketball teams, men's and women's teams. Currently, we we would hope that's not the case this summer. But even if it is, they can for for the TBT. They they don't have to come to New Mexico to practice. They can go to any one of the other states that allows uh, practices like that. So, talk to Brandon a little bit about that. Brandon's a good guy. Like I said, he's a friend of mine since college. Um, wanted to catch up with him a little bit. He's a guy I will talk to probably on this podcast as well, but certainly talk to you know for years to come anyway. Doesn't matter if he's the Lobo basketball coach or not. So um, I looked, or I enjoyed Brandon taking the time to do this. Um, hope to bring you obviously a lot of these podcasts every week. These conversations with people around college basketball in New Mexico. And Brandon has been around more college basketball in New Mexico than than a whole lot of others I have on the show. So um, appreciate him for doing that. As always, I want to before I get to this conversation, I want to remind you that our coverage of Lobo basketball, Aggie basketball, and all sports continues every day in the Albuquerque Journal. So take a look there, you know, follow us along or follow along there and check out our coverage online. It's abqjournal.com slash sports. And you can always subscribe and, and support local journalism con- so we can continue to bring you these stories, these podcasts, these conversations, our articles and our coverage of the local teams as best we can. And to subscribe for the, to the Albuquerque Journal, it's abqjournal.com slash subscribe. So there's my ask, my usual ask to, to subscribe to some local journalism. Again, this is episode 34. Hope to bring you one every Monday or Tuesday. They'll post every Tuesday um, as I record this and talk to Brandon just earlier today. I usually get them done on Mondays and hope to have them posted by Tuesdays. So uh, here you go. Hope you enjoy this conversation with former New Mexico State Aggie, former New Mexico Highlands assistant, former Albuquerque Thunderbird, and most recently former UNM Lobo assistant coach Brandon Mason. Go ahead. I, I thought that it would be, I thought I would miss it, like just being away and, you know, uh, but the family time that I've been getting has been incredible. Uh, just in, in nonstop, just working out and helping the kids with their homework and during, you know, homeschooling, like, this has probably been in the last, I'd say last decade with my family alone, just time that spent together that you can't replace. And now I'm coaching my kids teams. Now we're 
you know, we, of course, practice in the safety, you know, when we travel, but we've made a couple tournaments out of town yeah. that we've done some good things together and little, you know, little basketball clinics. And now, you know, working with other kids or doing things like that, my kids are involved with it. So did, that's huge that I'm getting this quality time. Well, did, did I see Jerome in a picture the other day, Um, like last week? Is he helping coach or is he a part of a, is he like helping with one of the teams that one of your sons is on or something? Yeah, no, it's huge. He has like an organization that he knows uh, with uh, you play. Um, they're out of Canada and, um, you know, they do a lot of stuff in Phoenix. And so he had this idea because one of the big tournaments is called Made Hoops. It's one of the biggest, you know, youth tournaments uh, that, that, you know, organizations are involved in. So he put a team together for you play and he was like, hey, Mace, I'm going to coach this team. Why don't you come on? You and Lil B come be a part of it. And I was like, man, that'd be great. He was like, hey, you want to sit on the bench? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyway, man, and, and, you know, he does a really good job, man. And I, I know his passion and his love for his family and son. And he did a great job, though. We went uh, we went two and one at a high level of uh, seventh grade basketball. And it was just a tremendous effort. But I'm just glad I was sitting and I think during one of the games they were playing and we were at the mall with our kids you know just we went bowling and we just did some stuff and I was just like man like because you know that the job is stressful at the yeah, end of the day you you have to win and everything that's behind it it's it wears on you you know I got gray hairs coming, I got gray hairs coming out of my chin and now my hair and <laughs> look I got you by a couple years just, but I've had the gray for a while for sure for sure but I mean, I was just, it was just, we're just living, you know, good and happy and free with the family, man. And I just, I, I, I couldn't be more happier where I am right now. Well, so it's been about five months or so since you left the program. And I'm, I'm curious, you, obviously, I, I want to start here and then I get into some of the stuff you're working on. Um, you build relationships, especially in your role. You, you've always been a relationships guy anyway, um, heavy in the recruiting you you know you know this roster um you you were with this team as for the most part all the way through the end of august and stuff like that and i'm just curious you know how much you still stay in touch with anybody on the team like player wise and all that and and are you watching um the lobo so far this year no i definitely do i mean of course i i'm a relationship guy so of course i i stay in touch with you know, with some of the players and um, I stay in touch with this, you know, some of the staff and things like that. Um, I, I trust me, I'm watching the games and I'm cheering for them. I wear my Lobo mask and all that kind of stuff. I'm still a fan and, you know, you know, hoping they can, you know, put it together. Uh, and I know one thing, you know, Coach Weir will will do whatever it takes. He's probably spending every hour on the hour watching film and trying to figure it out. You well, know, you, because- you know better than you know better than most people. The guy's probably not sleeping much. It isn't for it isn't for a lack of like a lack Effort. of care or a lack of like trying something. Maybe stuff doesn't always work, but like I do think that sometimes people see something like struggles and just assume the coaches aren't even trying. You know, like well, what are they doing? Don't they do this in practice? Don't they do that? Like yeah. maybe it's not always the right stuff, but it's not that you guys aren't doing anything when you guys are going through a struggle, like going through like oh, losing streak or something. Well, no, I, I I know you remember, but year one when we first got here, we were struggling. I mean, people we forget, were, man. People think of that first year. They're like, "Oh, that was the that was the good year." You know, that was things were so good. They make it to the Mountain West tournament. Man, yeah. things were not good. Like even late December, you guys 
I think still get blown out by Colorado. You guys are yeah. like trying to figure things out. People forget Boise November beat us, December. Boise beat us by like by maybe 20 or 30 at Boise, maybe more. Yeah. I'll never forget that. I mean, so like I'm watching this now and I'm just waiting, you know, for coach to try to figure out something, a rotation or something to give them an extra edge or a boost. But I'm gonna tell you like this. Usually coach coach Weir takes pride in and like work. Yeah. And it seems like they cannot put in the work because there is no facilities to put in work. No, like, and, and what you're doing, you understand, like, like sometimes just getting a facility, people don't think about this. Just finding a gym is something that college teams take for granted because every college has its yeah. own gym. It has its own arena. Yeah. They play their games. Like just finding a gym is out of state. It's not the easiest thing in the world, especially during COVID. You got a lot of things, a lot of boxes you got to check just to find a gym. So like, yeah, I mean, I, I think what they're going through is pretty unique and it's pretty tough. Um, they're still struggling, but like, it's a weird thing, man. Like, I don't think a lot of people quite understand how unique what they're going through is. Nah, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. And at the end of the day, man, it's, it, it's, I, man, I, I pray for those kids and, and, and the staff and everything just because I, I don't want to lie and say I know what they're going through because I've never, been through this with the Lobos right. or anything like that. So I don't know what the, what the road is like with those guys. I don't know what they're going through. I mean, being away from their families, even the staff and I'm pretty sure they get tired of each other, just looking at each other in the meeting room, trying to, trying to figure out the next win or how to, how to put it together or whatever. I can only imagine, but I'm going to tell you one thing. I know coach, we're probably not sleeping too well though. Like, you know, cause he's a, he it's running through his mind because he just works so hard, man. And yeah. he's such a, such a genius when it comes to thinking things through and and things like that so I just know he's you know trying to figure it out so hopefully he does I mean I, I know he's putting in the work to do so but you know it's hard without a facility and different things to for him to incorporate what he wants to you guys are as I'm talking to you right now and, and for people that listen um for those that don't know I'm we're doing this on a Monday and and right now I'm catching you as, as you're taking it sounds like you're heading to a workout. What, tell me where you're heading right now, and who, who's with you? <laughs> I definitely got my I got my boys with me, and we are headed to the gym. We got our mask, our sanitizer. We got everything we need so we can go get better. Say what's up, B. What up? <laughs> what's up, guys? Yeah. So at the end of the day, man, we stay. We you know we're trying to stay safe, and 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 but also with school and basketball and family and we stay in prayerful and just trying to do the right things. But my kids are living in the, in the gym outside running and working out. They, they're enjoying it, but it used to be hard to get them to do that because I wasn't here and I would just tell them to do it. And they'll be like, well, look, you're, you're saying all this stuff about how great it is to be around family and all that. If I had talked to all of them separately on a different podcast without you around, they'd be like, man, dad was never around this much. I'm sick of him. Right. They probably are tired of me because, I mean, <laughs> think about it. They already worked out and did things. We did things together when I was coaching. But now it's like ramped up. they like, Dad, did you get a job yet? You know, like, <laughs> you're at home too much. <laughs> They're getting sick of it. They're trying man. to get rid of me, I'm sure. Well, For obviously, sure. basketball is still a big part of the life. Um, That, that doesn't change. Uh, what What's going on? What's kind of what, – what have you been doing basketball-wise? Obviously, you talked a little bit about – spending the time with the family and stuff like that. But you, you obviously didn't step away from basketball in any, by any stretch. In fact, you've, you've been pretty involved. What have you been doing? 
Well, I've been doing a lot of uh, just a lot of stuff with the program. I've been with uh, JB White Elite that we've been doing some. We've been doing some traveling. We've been doing some some practices. Some let, let me let me for city. for people that don't even know what that is, like j- just kind of in a real dumb it down version. What what is the JB White Elite program like? What are the ages? Who who competes in it? All that kind of stuff. Uh, what, what is JB White Elite? So JB White Elite is. Uh, Definitely, it's just like an A, like an AAU program that uh, myself, um, of course, Jude Voss, um, and the JB White Foundation is a part of, and and we all kind of just, you know, we we get kids from you know maybe different programs, and and we you know we you know try to go out and compete in some different uh, different venues. Of course, we you know try to stay as safe as possible, and then you know we come back and quarantine and do things like that. So. Um, we're doing everything the right way, but uh, the kids, you know, it, it's just hard, you know, because we're, you know, when you're following the guidelines and trying to, you know, stay in the small groups and yeah. you know, wearing a mask and you, we do what we can for now until, you know, it can, until we can really, you know, do more. And, and I mean, once things, once things get back to whatever normal is, then, then it's really going to pick up a little bit more and kind of launch a little bit more. Right. I mean, you guys can, do all the practices, do everything you need to do. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that everything will pick up, you know, you know, once we're able to, I should say, you know, when the governor, yeah. you know, sees fit for everybody, we're just following her lead and, and, and the way everything's going to go. But, you know, the, the, you know, Jude, Jude Voss is doing a really good job with, you know, in the community and, you know, she's, you know, raising money for scholarships and to help kids and, you know, it, I, and I'm pretty sure it's hard on her, man, because, you know, she lost her baby and, you know, and, and she's holding her head high and, 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 and doing really well. And she really cares, man. And so um, we're just doing some basketball stuff and just trying to carry his name on and represent him as as young men. We went to a tournament in Utah, uh, I think about a month or so ago. And when I tell you other teams would take pictures with us and other teams would, you know how you say like, on three JB white elite, but other teams was saying our name in the honor yeah. of JB. Like, you know, if we were playing a team like powerhouse, they would be like JB white on three. Like it was, it was incredible. Like people loved that kid, man. And people cared about him. So, you know, we are representing the state of New Mexico and the Santa Fe and Jew Voss. And of course, JB. And it is, it's awesome to be a part of that as well. What, what about, look, you were, you were a college recruiter and, people a big topic in this town is um you know are there new mexico kids that can play at the next level how many how many d1 kids and it's not just about d1 i think most people need to understand that first of all but um there there are some high school kids and and i think uh maybe maybe it's just because you're you're in a different capacity now or or maybe it's just coincidence but like i think there's a better crop of kids coming in the next few years that'll be at the d1 level than than there has been in the last probably three or four years is is that accurate? I mean, you you have your finger on the pulse of like high school recruits in this state, right? Definitely, definitely. I I've seen them now. I can actually say I've seen them all. I've been <laughs> yeah. in the gym with them. No I violations. can actually I can really speak on it. And I'm telling you, from 2023, 2022, 20, I'm gonna tell you, it gets better and better. I mean, I can't believe the level of play from some of these 2022s, 2023s. And I'm going to tell you the creeper is 2024 and 2025. It's incredible. Ninth and 10th grade right now is is hats off. 
I mean, starting with Amari Brown and Marcus Wilson and kids like that, all the way down to, to the to the eighth grade group. We got Jalen Holland and we got uh, Daniel Lovato, Nigel Walls. These kids are six, seven, six, eight that are 13 and 14 years old and people don't even know about that New Mexico has, man. And I, I, didn't, even, I, I didn't say my son's name on purpose because he's sitting right next to me. Well, tell, to me like, tell him to cover his ears real quick. And why don't you tell us a little bit about, I mean, legitimately and, and he can listen obviously i know all the all the boys are there and they're it's it's the it's the mason boys all all four of you guys have a little hand in this too you guys you guys are all a part of it but why don't you tell me he he's pretty good right i mean like yeah, i said you know, don't 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 gas him up too much like he's sitting right there I'm but not, like like he's pretty good right he's got a chance if he keeps working doesn't he hey i'm gonna tell you like this i am not gonna do the lavar ball you know what i'm saying i am not gonna <laughs> throw the gasoline on the fire and then every gym he walks in people go try to take his head off so but one thing he is man he's a really good kid and he can shoot the basketball he understands the game of basketball you know right now his his size and strength and everything hasn't caught up with him yet like he's definitely you know mom is very is, is 5'10 and I'm 6'4 so his when whenever that does you know spring up for him to go along with his game and IQ and things he's, he's gonna be real special and what year is he He's uh, 2026, so he's in seventh grade. He's 13 years old. It's nuts, man. Like, I'm curious that if he's in seventh grade now, I'm curious how many more years before he beats you in one on one. Oh, man. He's going to have to graduate from college. And, you know, like, he's going to have, he had <laughs> next year, isn't it? It's like next year he's going to start beating it, me. It, it's not. I'm, I would definitely need another back surgery for that to happen because I'm. <laughs> I'm all good right now. I can't. I'm not Jerome Robinson. I'm not dunking a basketball or nothing, but <laughs> I still can play a little bit. But these, these kids around the state, though, they look. There's two things in New Mexico. One is you got to get noticed, and then you got to know how to to kind of parlay. Look, they they know about me, but then what your role in the recruiting process is. So, like, what 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 are high school kids in this state supposed to do? Should they leave the state to to get noticed and and play teams play on teams? in other states or is that something that you think can happen here in New Mexico and, and kind of, I mean, leading into kind of what your role is like, are, are you going to have, or is JB wide elite and programs like that? Like, are there enough in New Mexico that can show off the, the talent that this state does have? Well, now that's what I'm trying to help and produce right there. You know, I'm trying to use all my connections from when I recruited from all these top programs and Nike and Adidas and Under Armour and all that kind of stuff and bring that kind of connection to New Mexico. So that's what my, the program is going to be about. So kids won't have to leave. So kids can play and, and get all the top players from the state to play together. I think, you know, back in the day you, you had Kenny Thomas and AJ Bramlett and all those guys on one AAU team. And then they went out of state and whooped on everybody just like, Cullen Neal and Bryce Alford, they went to different high schools, but AAU, they played together for myself. They played for me. They played for Craig Snow and, and Jay Hill and guys like that, Marty Sice. So, I mean, the more that we can do that and get these young guys in that 2022, 2023, all the way down to 2025 or whatever, the more that they stick together and can play for one program and go represent New Mexico, the better opportunity they will have to win and get those looks. And I'm, I'm telling you, this guy's the limit for division one for these kids to play division one basketball. And you got, I mean, I, I don't know what all you, you know, for sure is going to happen. I mean, it, there's stuff in the works, but like you got the iron in the fire on, on some things, right? I mean, you're, you're hoping to, to have some news at some point about, about stuff that's going on. Right. 
like like bigger definitely. stuff than just one team. Definitely, definitely. I I definitely do. I can't speak on it right now, but something big could be coming up here pretty soon. Um, I can't let the cat out of the bag. But right. if this does, if this does pop here in the next month or so, I mean, it would be huge for the the state of New Mexico, the kids, the youth, and everything, the grassroots, everything here would be it would be a game changer, and that's what that's what I'm in it for. So, um, hopefully, everything can 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 work out, and I think it will. So well, that's good, man. Obviously, I'm I'm pulling for you on that front. Um, the the whole like as cheesy as it sounds, man. Like the whole state's pulling for you because that kind of stuff is is what the conversation has been about when when people talk about like why aren't there more New Mexico kids, you know, getting recruited? Yep. Or why why is this or why is that about? They they see talent at the high school level here and then you see one or two guys that go off to somewhere else and uh, do really well and they're like well why didn't the Lobos get him or why didn't the Aggies get him and, and stuff like that well sometimes it's because like you said when when you have to go out so much to other programs and to other states like it's it's hard to to really recruit New Mexico and I think other coaches know that pretty well too but you probably as well as anybody it's hard to recruit New Mexico because there's not really a centralized one spot kind of organized place that all the, all the good players in the entire state can kind of showcase their stuff. No. And, and this is a bad time for all this to happen, especially yeah. with the 2020, the 2022 group that's in New Mexico from Jaquan Hill, William Deuce, Benjamin, Sean Johnson, Jose Mario, you know, guys like that. And I'm pretty sure I left off a couple more, but th- those guys could play division one basketball and at this high school season and AAU and stuff could have, could have given those guys a platform for the, the Lobos and the Aggies and, and surrounding states to, to get a look at that. And I definitely would do my best to help all those kids, no matter what AAU program you're playing for. I'm, that's what I want to do is provide an opportunity and a, and a, you know, just kind of some guidance on putting their, their tape in the right place or getting their, their, the, the coach in touch with the right person or, right. you know, like it's just, I, you know, I do have, a, I have a network that I've built over the last seven years of coaching college basketball and i just want to provide that for kids here in the state yeah and i don't want to totally throw everybody under the bus there are people in the state that that work at those things and do those kind of things um so i don't want to totally throw everybody under the bus and say this hasn't been happening at all because it has been happening some but like a a really uh more kind of centralized um you know, somebody who's been in it like you and, and built all those relationships can certainly hurt the, I mean, help the, the situation with recruiting. For sure. I think there's, there's been programs and guys, I mean, uh, for, for the years, like Marty Sice has done a really good job Absolutely. In the community over the years. And actually I wouldn't be coaching if it wasn't for Marty Sice when he had me, you know, coach the Grangers back in the day. I mean, Ross Romero has done a good job in the community. And I mean, if you can look at the legendary high school coaches, from uh, Coach Castillo and and all those guys like that, you know, Coach Sanchez and I could coach him in it. I can go down the list of right. of guys that are that have done a great job and great programs like the Hope Christian program. And I mean, there it's been done. I just you know I just want to do my due diligence and and help where I can and see fit to to actually just give even more boost to the kids. That's all. All right, that's the future. The past is some uh, TBT stuff I want to ask you about. Ah. How, how like, I, first of all, I want to ask this, and, and, and I kind of know the answer, but how the hell does an Aggie put together not only two alumni games, you know, one had the Aggies in it too, 
but um, you know, a Lobo <laughs> alumni team, you know, a few years back, and obviously with the help of Cam Barstow, obviously and stuff like that. But um, like, how does a how does an Aggie have all these connections with the former Lobos, and not just connections? I mean, like having their numbers, one thing, but like having the pool to convince all these Lobos to come back. Like, <laughs> why, why is it that Brandon Mason not only had a couple alumni games set up? But now he's the the driving force behind, you know, a TBT alumni team and for the basketball tournament. You, I, you know what? I, I, I can't even answer that for you because I'm going to tell you like this. It sounds good in theory that they all like me and we cool and stuff like that. Oh, but trust me, they talk about me like a dog in the group chats. Like, I mean, <laughs> like I, I, still I, an I, 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 can, I can see J.R. Giddens right now in the group text saying, why is he even in this group chat? Like, he's an Aggie. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody – Alex Kirk talks about me like a dog to my face, so I'm used to it. It's okay. <laughs> like, he's throwing basketballs at me before. I could go down the list that they all give me crap all the, all the time. But, I mean, I, I am in group chats with – with, uh, with the Aggies as well, all the way from, like, Billy Keys, Aaron Bro, Miko Nubla, Zach Norvell, and James Moore, Eric Channing. Like, I can go down the list, Alan. And that's a, those are some crossover Aggies, too. Those are some McCart- yeah. at the end of the McCarthy era Aggies and uh, the, the Lou Henson return Aggies. That's uh, – you're, you're digging deep there. You're showing your age. Right, I am showing my age. But I just th- I just always take, taking pride in relationships and – and staying in touch with people, you know, because it, it, it's hard to do, but it, you know, when you send somebody a text and, you know, whether it's a Christmas or, or Thanksgiving or just checking on them. And I'm going to tell you, when I went through my little deal and I, and I had my mishap, when I, you know, everybody, they, everybody reached out to me and was like, yeah. man, you need anything. We're here for you. You're our dog and everything, you know? So that meant a lot to me. So at the end of the day, you know, we just, every, these little groups and connections, like I, Whenever the you know the COVID stuff you know slows down and the governor opens things back up, like everything that I'll be doing in the community, if you play college basketball here, they will be involved because I feel like a lot of those guys do get left behind and forgotten. And if I can generate money and and, and share it with those guys in the community from Darren Prentice, Obacha Jet, Chad Adams, Philip McDonald, like all those guys that live here and that you know that that care about the youth and the basketball and things like that. That's what I plan on doing. The uh, the basketball tournament, I don't even know what the dollar amount's going to be this year, but for, for those who don't know, most listening probably understand, but, like, the basketball tournament used to be um, a $2 million winner-take-all. I think they cut it back to a million this past year because they didn't know exactly how the COVID setup would be, but, like, it's going back to a $2 million, winner, to my knowledge, winner-take-all kind of format, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so, and, I, man – the guys are all excited. I mean, they're not doing this like to hang out and just to have fun and, and reminisce. Like we're going to have a two week training camp here in town and we're going to have some things set up. Where, and know, they better come in shape to start that. They, too. They got it. They have to come in shape because we can only, we only take an 11. So we, we got well over 11 players. Trust me. So well, that's the other thing is like, you guys are announcing on social media and you're rolling this out and people are excited and, you know, Lobo fans can't wait for it all, but, Man, I think I've seen about 15, 15 names already now. <laughs> now, some of those names, like people don't understand, their pro team and whatever contract they have may prohibit them next summer from playing in the tournament that happened two years ago to Alex Kirk um, with his sure. previous contract. So stuff like that could happen. There could be an injury. So that takes yeah. care of a couple of them. But what you're saying is, like, they're going to have to make the team too, though. There's, there's going to be some guys that might have to make the team. 
Yeah, no, it's going to be highly competitive for these couple weeks. And these guys, and they know it too, and they're excited about it. I mean, I, I saw J.R. Giddens the other day in the gym, and he, you know, put it through his legs and dunked it, did a 360, and he was like, I wanted to let you know that I still got it. Like, I'm in shape. I'm coming. And I was like, man, I hope so, because we got a chance of winning if you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think anybody has to worry about J.R. Giddens staying in shape. No, no, he's – I think he calls himself the walking billboard or something like that. I don't know, but he does stay in shape and I'm, I'm proud of him. But um, like all these other guys, like I, I know Darrington Hobson is, is always in the gym and staying in shape. Anthony Mathis will be in shape and, and playing. He just got into uh, the G league. Alex Kirk is in his, his deal right now. I talked to Cam Bearstow and if everything is okay in Australia and he can travel and there's no basketball, he said he he's in and he would love to come like, these guys, they, it I, personally, it, it sounds good that I put it together or whatever, but this ain't really got nothing to do with me. They all said that they wanted to come back because it's the Lobos and the fans and, like, they're reminiscing on their college days and just representing the university. I'm just the, just the one. You're that, just the guy that has all the phone numbers. I just got all the connect. Right, that's it. That's it. Other than that, they probably got another group chat without me and talk about me behind my back. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt at all. You you have any Aggies still uh, still wanting to be a part of it? Is, yeah, I do. I do. Um, and I, I stay in touch with those guys and things like that. But we'll we'll see. I'm, I might have something else up my sleeve as well. I'm just and, and there are to... some who, – who are, who are some of the um, – you don't have to run down all the names, so if you forget anybody, blame it on me, not that you forgot them. But, like, who are just a couple of the non-Lobo names that are that are on this team? Uh, well, Wendell McKinnis, um, you know, he's a Aggie legend. I think yep. they call him Mr. Wednesdays, of course. He was one of the hardest playing players. But Scott Every day Banford, is Wednesday. Yep, yep. Scott Bamford is like a, a, a Albuquerque legend, played at Dunnorty High School. He's played at the highest level ACB over over in uh, in Europe and still playing in that Euro Cup. Um, we, that, you know what? Let me, let me interrupt real quick there. Scott's a guy that we probably, like at the Journal – and like the local TV station, we need to do a better job of telling his story because oh. the guy's playing at a high level and, and has been doing it for a while now. He is, he, I mean, I could tell you so much about him. I mean, he's phenomenal, man. Like he played college basketball with Dame Lillard uh, from the Trailblazers. He yep. played overseas with uh, uh, Christophe Porzingis and they're like friends. And, and like, he's played in the TBT multiple years. He's, He's made a lot of money. He's in the community. He's a great guy. Like, he's a stand-up guy. Like, I mean, great person. And he's, you know, he's a true New Mexican, man. And I, what, you know what's funny is when I hit Alex Kirk and Darrington Hobson first about all of this, the first thing they said is, we need Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, he, was, he was game right away, right? I mean, I know he's played in yeah. this before. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. I was just hoping that he didn't already have – because he always had his own team and – you know, he had his own funding and did his own thing. So when he said that he would play with us, I was like, ding, 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 ding. We got a shot. Like he's a leader and a, a captain type guy to have. You know what I'm saying? What about uh what about Coop? Is he is he still possibly gonna be involved? Yeah, you know what? It's Coop has a he had a prior thing with uh with the big three, a contract with the big three. Yeah. And so he's just working on that to see if to make sure that he can, you know, that he can do it. But when I told him about like coaching the former Lobos, you know how Coop is. He was like, man, I'm, I'm a Lobo for life. I'm, I'm coming. I want to coach the Lobos. He was like, I'm a show. So I, I don't know if for sure that he will 100% be able to, if his contract allows him to, then he will definitely do it. You know what I'm definitely saying? Definitely. If he can, he will. 
if he can, he will. Trust me. And you played um, for but, Coop. What was it like playing for Coop? Oh man, Coop is—he's uh, a coach that knows how to get the most out of you. I'm gonna tell you, just like that. He and he—he he always has. You know, he has just that championship edge and quality. He's already been through everything, and he—he he knows what it takes to win and and make you believe. Because the championship that we won in the in the G League that year. People don't know, like we weren't even one of the top teams. We snuck into the playoffs and we put it together and was able to win. But that was all Coop, though. And you know, remind like, me what team that was because I know there were two that played here. And you were on the Thunderbirds. The Thunderbirds, yeah. We were on, yeah. I was on the first of existence in two thousand five, two thousand six. So we had Tony uh, Tony Bland that was coaching yeah. at San Diego State and USC. You know, we had Chuck Hayes who played at Kentucky. That was in the NBA. We had T.J. Cummins, Tier Brown. We had uh, you guys had yourself a little bit of a squad, man. That's good. We did. We had CJ Miles, who was in the league, yeah. that's been in the league for years. So I mean, we 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 were we were low. We had Joe Ship. You see, I, I'm naming all these guys because I was sitting on the bench watching them play. I only averaged seven points a game, but hey, I'll, I'll take it, you know. Um, but I, I can't leave out DeAndre Lansdowne that played at <laughs> Sandia High School yeah. and Fort Lewis. That played that's playing at the highest level overseas right now. He's playing for a team that J.R. Giddens once played played for overseas, and he is he's putting in work and playing his butt off, man. And he's a a huge New Mexico guy that's going to play. He's going to play a big role for us. Like these these guys, like DeAndre Lansdowne and Scott Bamford, they're going to play a huge role. Like they're not going to be like you know just <laughs> they're going to be playing and playing a huge there to, role yeah. for. Well, yeah, I, no. I say, like I, I think people need to understand like. Basketball, like everything else, we, we talked earlier about like your son's in seventh grade and you start identifying some people at that level and you can see it and eighth graders and ninth graders in high school. But like there's still development and growth that goes on at the college level. And then even beyond that, like to, to think that you're a you're a finished product at like age 21 or, or 20 or something like that's crazy. Like some of these guys went to wherever they went and kept getting better overseas or somewhere like if people thought of like that Sandia player and that Del Norte player that didn't play for the Lobos, but yeah, I remember those names. They were pretty good. Like if they saw them now, like they're they're damn good. They, they wouldn't believe it. And I mean, it, it just like just like my guy uh, uh, Tristan Moore, Tristan yeah. Moore that yeah. you know played at La Cueva, and he was able to go to uh, post grad in Phoenix. Worked on his body, worked on his game, played on the grind session, and now look at him. He has a Division One scholarship, and he's a play. He's a stud. He shoots the ball at six seven. He can dribble, pass, and shoot. I mean, it, it takes some time, but you just got to get in the right place and the right fit and everything will work out. Well, I'm glad you're you're a part of finding like that fit and helping these guys kind of find that fit. And and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't like sometimes it's just about luck and sometimes it's, you know, about opportunity and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I'm hey. glad you're taking an active role and kind of figuring that out for some of these guys. You got to say, so I got two of my JB White guys right here. They're going to be big time one day. You're going to be reading about these guys. Yeah, you guys you guys have to put up a brand, and I feel bad for you, man. <laughs> hey, uh, no, okay. But, uh, but yeah, thanks for having me on, though. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you, man. This is good stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what works out next for you and when you can, you know, hopefully it works out so you can make an announcement sometime soon. But, I'm going to get with you on some of these TBT guys and some of these former Lobos and, and, uh, and get them on here and talk with them and have people. Uh, I want to hear about some of these uh, group texts a little bit from their side of it. Okay. I got you. I will for sure. Um, All right, Jeff. Thanks, brother. Talk to you later, man. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.
All right. Well, there you go. There's my conversation with Brandon Mason. Hope you enjoyed that with the with the former Lobo assistant coach, the former Aggie player, all the other formers on his resume. He's uh, he's not leaving New Mexico. He's not leaving basketball. He is very much still involved in the sport that uh, that he's played and coached and been a part of his whole life. So it was good catching up with him. Look forward to catching up with him more as the TBT this summer comes around. He is the central figure kind of putting putting it all together. Obviously, he has a lot of help with him, and uh, he, he would be the first to tell you that. He's, he's not the only one that's a part of putting this thing together. But, but Brandon, as most people who know him understand, he is the guy that, that has those relationships with everybody. So if anybody could bring all these guys together, um, especially guys from – New Mexico State and UNM and, and guys who weren't Lobos and just bring them all together. It's, it's a guy like Brandon. So good catching up with him. Again, hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think about this podcast. You can reach me on Twitter at any time at Jeff Grammer. I'm always interacting with people there. You can email me. A lot of people have been doing that on these podcasts, and I appreciate that too. My email address is G-G-R-A-M-M-E-R. That's Grammar at abqjournal.com let me know what you think there you can let my bosses know what you think you can subscribe to the journal you can keep reading my coverage in the journal whatever you can do to help support local journalism is much appreciated and on wherever you hear or subscribe to this podcast and if it's on itunes spotify soundcloud wherever it is if you can rate or subscribe to the podcast it's it's going to help me out a lot and keep those numbers up and leave me a comment there as well so much appreciated a lot of Lobo basketball coming up. As Again, as I recorded this on Monday, the news broke that the Lobos will be adding a game on Wednesday at Dixie State in St. George, Utah. They were doing that, which was a little bit of a surprise, but the reason they're doing it is they essentially signed up for two weeks in Utah where they can have access to a court to practice, and they do play UNLV this weekend. That's a less than two-hour drive from St. George, Utah to Las Vegas, so... They're going to go play Dixie State, a first-year Division I team, on Wednesday, have access to their gym to practice all this week, play at UNLV, come back to Utah at St. George, and then next week's home series, the the Lobos don't really have a home-to-host games, so their home series against San Jose State will actually now be played next week in Utah. So that's kind of the news of the day is the Lobos added a, a rare January non-conference game, but they did it in order to basically, in, in lieu of getting paid as a visiting team, which college basketball has all the time, the visiting team usually gets some kind of payment to play. In lieu of payment, the Lobos now have access to a court for two weeks that puts them in a good location to not only host their next two games against San Jose State, but get back and forth from Las Vegas this weekend pretty easily. So they'll probably go back to Lubbock after that and call their home away from home that has been Lubbock, Texas. Um, that'll probably happen again. But for now, we've got, got a couple weeks in Utah. So if you're scoring at home, the Lobo basketball season, which includes no summer workouts, no fall workouts, uh, no really pre- regular preseason workouts until they left Albuquerque. They got in one practice before they were told they couldn't practice anymore. Um, then they went to Moriarty High School in next door in, in Torrance County. That lasted all of two days. They then left Albuquerque November 20th for Leveland, Texas, where they practiced some at South Plains College. It's a junior college where they have gotten some recruits um, that are on the current roster. Uh, They also practiced some in Lubbock during that stretch. Then they had a week in Houston where they played at Rice University and same kind of contract situation there. They, they They played the team that hosts that has the gym 
And in lieu of payment, they got a week of use of the facilities and also got to host two games. So they spent a week in Houston and played three games at Rice. And then they went to Boise State, opened up Mountain West Conference play, got beat up pretty bad for a couple games there, flew back on Christmas Eve to Albuquerque, spent a couple days in Albuquerque, and it was back on a bus to Lubbock where they spent the last few weeks and played Nevada and Utah State, got beat up pretty bad in both of those games. The Nevada ones actually, especially the second game, were, were far more competitive, but still double-digit losses in the end. And the Lobos need, if anything, if nothing else, they need a change of scenery. They're about to get it. Um, we'll see how they do against Dixie State, of course. Ironically, a team that New Mexico State was supposed to play this past weekend, but New Mexico State has positive COVID cases on their roster right now and had to postpone that series in whack play with Dixie State. They then, Dixie State does, uh, picks up a game with their in-state rival, the UNM Lobos. And next week will host San Jose State, who, ironically, is staying at the same hotel as New Mexico State in Phoenix. Because while statewide restrictions have, have sent UNM and NMSU out of New Mexico to, to practice and play the college basketball season, a county restriction in California where San Jose State is located San Jose State University is located, has um, led to their relocation. Their men's and women's teams are relocated, and they're actually staying at the same Arizona Grand Spawn Resort as the New Mexico State Aggies. So all these weird kind of connections all in the next week and a half, all those teams, Dixie State University, the UNM Lobos, the NMSU Aggies, and the San Jose State Spartans, all this kind of weird connections will, will kind of be coming together and and. I don't think it's going to work out, but wouldn't it be great if, if UNM and NMSU could actually play that in-state rivalry after all, find a way, whether it's at Dixie State, whether it's down in Phoenix, wherever it be, you know, would be, it would obviously make a lot of fans in the state of New Mexico happy to see those two teams play. So I digress. Hope you enjoyed this episode 34 of the Talking Grammar podcast. I will be trying to bring one every week. Let me know what you think. And again, until next time, thanks for listening.